Hi, I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome the delightful Karen Jones Meadows. Karen Jones is a harmonizing intuitive, a writer, a visual artist, a practical psychic, and she works in theater and mass media and visual art. Karen runs a program called Play for Life, and she believes very strongly in bringing the joy and free expression of each individual back into life, back into the human experience. Karen and I have the most beautiful conversation around what the conscious spiritual journey is, how to use tools to align with our highest good, gifts, and intuitive guidance, how to become more definitive and action-oriented from our heart centers rather than from our ego or from more of our masculine energy to connect more with that feminine energy and respect ourselves, our values, our needs, and to truly express ourselves and be our free, full selves. It's a wonderful, harmonizing conversation. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the Women Awaken podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah, wonderful to to have you on the show and to get to connect and explore some of the amazing concepts that make up the work that you do and really the focus of your offering and your gifts that I've heard a little bit about. Because Karen, you and I met, I think earlier this year, we were introduced by a friend. Um, Annie Adams is a mutual friend that we have who I I co-host the podcast that you hear now podcast with Amy. Okay. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she said that yeah. we, that you would be a fantastic guest for my show. And I completely agreed. Once. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Karen, you are in New Mexico. Yes. Yes. So in a hundred and something degree, New Mexico right now. <laughs> oh, really? Now where are you in yeah. Albuquerque? Is that, or no, you're no, in between. I'm, Right. Albuquerque and Santa Fe. I mean, I'm in between the two, but I easily get to both. I'm closer to Albuquerque than Santa Fe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm very envious. I love New Mexico. It's absolutely beautiful. I was planning to move to a place in Santa Fe, but it didn't work out. Okay. But I'd love to return up there. It's just so, so beautiful. I love the desert. It's a special place. It is. It's good. It's very good. It's calming. Yeah. Now I'm curious, Karen, because you know your work is really based around being you're an intuitive you you're a harmonizing intuitive which i look forward to hearing more about that i haven't heard that term but that's one of your many titles you're also a writer an artist and a practical psychic so those are two fun descriptions a harmonizing intuitive and a practical psychic so kind of spin on those so i'd love to hear about that but my question is Did you, where did you live before? And did you feel kind of called or guided towards New Mexico and the desert? Because I know that I find the desert uniquely spiritual. It has its own really unique spiritual consciousness and essence that I, it's a totally different feel than when I'm tapping into, you know, the the coastal ocean feel, you know, that kind of nature and that kind of um, spiritual connection or the, the redwoods or the mountains. But there's something about the desert 
that it's very, it feels very like kind of opens up that crown chakra. It does. It does. It's um, when I moved here, I was living in New Jersey and I basically, I got tired of snow, although it does snow where I am, which was a big shock to me. It does. <laughs> I, I was there in, um, I was there in December for Christmas. I was in yeah. Santa Fe and, and Albuquerque and there was snow. It didn't stick, yeah, there but was snow. it was coming yeah. down. Yeah, it's not New York snow, but it's snow. Um, and I have found, I mean, I, I believe I was pulled here, guided here. However, um, because of the spiritual energy that's grounded and um, it's really anchoring and it's, it, it's anchored. And so there's a whole feeling and also connections that I've made with people who live here. Um, on their spiritual journey and our collective um, endeavors. Uh, I didn't experience that elsewhere. I tapped into, I learned about my psychic abilities and all of that when I was, well, I was actually little, but I didn't know it. But we became active when I was in New York. I'd left North Carolina, we just started, and then I moved to New York. I'm from New York, so I moved to North Carolina and came back. And that's where it really started being cultivated. But it kicked in in the degree that it is now. Most of that process has happened here. And um, yeah, I find that like a harmonizing intuitive, I call it that because when I work with people, it's so they can get into their harmonized state of being, their harmony. That's my intention with them. And the intuitive and, and, and the psychic, for me, is pretty interchangeable. I know that sometimes people have different definitions, but for me, it's pretty much the same. We're all highly intuitive. We all have guidance all the time, whether we pay attention to it or not. That's, you know, the problem, the issue that comes up. And that's true for people who are tapped in, too. I mean, this is an intentional thing. I don't walk around all day feeling the psychic vibes. There, there is a, a shift that happens. I tell people sometimes now more, it just feels like I elevate out, out of my body, but it used to feel like a fizzy was shot through me. I don't know if you know fizzies, but like if you took an Alka-Seltzer and it bubbled all through mm -hmm. your body, that's yeah. what it would feel like initially. Um, and then the, the writing and, and the acting and, and the visual art, it's all tied into the same thing. I'm still guided intuitively. And what I do that I present to and for people is imbued with the spiritual energy, which is a universal energy. It's not Karen's idea. The I always call them they, and some people sometimes when I'm reading, they go, who's they? <laughs> but they, um, I, I call the creative creation in all its different um, interpretations and ways of being from the angelic realms, the, the elementals, um, the animals, spirits, just everything. Um, Whatever's needed comes in, and I help people to tap into their own psychic abilities, their own in intuition, and follow them and get the results that they're looking for, that, that they want. Um, it's, it's so interesting because sometimes it seems the most expedient way, and sometimes it's kind of torturous because there is process. And a lot of times when we start the, the spiritual journey, we think, oh, cool, I'll do this, and then instant gratification and instant action and instant this and it's it's not that all the time there's there's a a process i'll just use that word <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, kind of an unfurling as well, right? It, it doesn't happen all at once. It sort of slowly um, yeah. reveals itself and shows up and, and it, you know, because it's the unseen, right? It senses, right? Psychicness is a sense. It's a just like any other sense, but it's not one that, you know, we're used to the five senses. It's beyond that based on intuition a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is something that it happens slowly, but it also has to be cultivated. I think it also takes its time because a lot of times we'll push it away at first. We mm-hmm. won't, it's not like any other type of tool or learning that we, you know, play with and we explore tangibly, right? Like learning to play an instrument or learning how to do a sport. But this is something that you do have to work at, you know, your psychic abilities, you have to learn to really cultivate them and, and use them. Yeah, you do. And for me, it started, I um, I actually had an astrology reading from someone, her name is Co Savage. She lives in Texas. This is many years ago. Um, and in 1980s. And I was looking at my chart and she said, you could remember this. You used to do this. So previous lifetimes, this was a part of your life. I'm going to start talking to you in astrology. And so in, in astrological terms. Mm-hmm. And so she, she did. And I started learning astrology. And then I began to hear and see. I'd get, I'd get vision. Um, not the, not the, you know, off in a, you know, off in the distance kind of thing. I'd get very practical, like tell them to um, to take their phone and stop putting it next to blah, 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 or whatever. Something would come in and I would see it. And then I'd get the, the word interpretation. So that would come in. And so I started doing that. And I, I started studying Tarot. And they all came together. Um, and as, as you said, it unfolds, it evolves. You know, you feel like, okay, finally I got this. I'm done. Cool. And then something happens. And you have to learn the next step, the next tier of your evolution. And that's everybody. (laughs) That's just, it doesn't stop. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So bring us back a little bit. You said that this started when you were uh, in North Carolina. At what age, really? Because some people, they are aware of psychic abilities at at a very young age. Even children are often. I actually had the psychic abilities. I didn't know what it was. Right. So, okay. I mean, it really starts So the very first thing I experienced was when I was in Girl Scout camp <laughs> and I didn't go swimming that day. And the counselor had, had to stay with me because I couldn't be by myself. And we walked to my tent and she said, um, I'm a witch and I think you're one, too. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And she said, I can initiate you. are like, okay. <laughs> and so she did this little ceremony. She told me about Sybil Leak as the leader of the witches and that there were good witches, you know, positive energy, not, not any negative kind of energy. Yeah. And so I used to, after, after we did that in camp, and we didn't tell anybody. I mean, I, I had enough sense. I was old enough to know, well, you probably don't want to announce this to the leaders of the camp. They probably hate that very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would start playing to God and Sybil because and I'd say, I don't know who covers what, so here's my list. <laughs> and then um, I was actually driving with my, I wasn't, I was riding in, in the car with my, my, my relatives, my father's and uncles. And, my and I said to my uncle, the tire's going to go flat. And he said something like, I've been driving for 65 years, blah, 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 blah. And then boom, boom, boom. And everybody looked at me and said, I didn't flatten it. <laughs> I just knew it was coming. And that was when I 
I kind of shut it down. It was like, well, that doesn't get a good response. I think I won't reveal. So I left that and I didn't get back to it till if I was in New York. So I was in my thirties probably when, I mean, I always, that's, that's, that's not true. I started doing meditation in my twenties and I, I took to it instantly. I love that it answered questions. I love the idea of karma, that there's things we come in that, that we're afraid of or we're gifted or we're, you know, we're gifted in. All these different things made sense that we weren't, there wasn't, life wasn't just a happenstance and then you die. And I had that since I was about eight, that it made no sense that there's all this organization, that they're, they're predictable seasons and there's this and that and the other. And then people just, stuff happens, you hope you do it well, good luck, and then you die. It, so the second I heard about re- reincarnation and all those kinds of things, I was like, that makes sense. That's something I can, I can learn about. And so I did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's interesting that you point that out, that when, you know, you had that moment in the car and mm-hmm. you, you, you knew you had the sense and you spoke to it, because what I found is that it's funny because people, some people seek out psychicness, right? They're like, I'm going to try and read your mind and I'm going to try and, and they try, try, try. But for people where it actually just kind of happens, where they they get a sense of something, they they kind of know something. Those people have told me that they will try to kind of they don't want it mm-hmm. because it's it's a little bit scary maybe, but it's also you recognize quickly that other people are not really going to accept it very well. They're going to kind of be like, "What? Well, how did how did you know that? What was that?" Because they want to they want to use their logical brain to explain something that's not coming from logic. It's coming from you know our connection, our spirit, our, you know, our psychicness. <laughs> and, and the fear, I mean, there's a, there's a amazing for me that there's such fear of having the ability to have answers. You yeah. know, we, we, we don't mind calling up 40 people and doing all kinds of stuff, but to have answers readily available, there's something, there's a disconnect. I think part of it is not understanding. To me, there's two egos. There's the the detached one that thinks it's in charge of stuff and has no connection with their spiritual center and spiritual guidance and wisdom. And then there's the spiritual ego that understands I'm part of the whole. And when I tap into this, not only am I getting my information, but I'm getting the network of information that's great intelligence and brings forth what needs to happen, connects with the right people, the right timing, this, that, and the other. And as I said, it's not always a smooth ride. Um, And we have lessons. We have, um, I'm calling it lessons, but we have um, things that we've come in to learn, to expand, to release, to go to our next level of being and expression. I have come a long way. When when I was young and not young into actually into my maturity, I didn't love being here. I was like, I'm in the wrong, I was in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not loving it here. Something about being in, in New Mexico, I've learned to love the planet and being on the planet as, as a planet. I always loved people and I love culture and I love art and I love music and all of that. Mm-hmm. But meanness just was enough to stop me. It would make me want to stay in the house. Um, deep fear of people's um, anger, aggression, Mm -hmm. erraticness, um, and wanting to understand it. Hello, Ari. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just right on time, right on cue. (laughs) 
<laughs> she had something to say. About <laughs> yeah. And um, I, um, I've grown to appreciate all the wonders of the planet as opposed to the horrors of the planet. And I think that's important because what we focus on really designs. And that doesn't mean stick your head in the sand and pretend stuff's not happening. There's some things we'll be attracted to to make some differences about that that are social and and, and justice and cultural and all those kinds of things. But there's also... Just being here, the sun in New Mexico, I mean, the, the sky in New Mexico is amazing. And it's unlimited. And when in looking at that, you see the unlimited opportunities, the unlimited power. It means so many things. And it covers the whole planet. The, the other day, I was really thinking about the fact that the sky covers the whole planet. It's like this little cocoon we're in. Mm-hmm. And it can be a safe place depending upon our frequency and our vibration. And the, it's our job to be in the vibration that is safe, that is protected, that is part of the divine presence. And out out of that divine presence, people who choose to actively cooperate with that are the ones who help to change for the better the experiences that all of us have collectively. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, it's so important to keep that frame of mind that because it can be overwhelming on this planet with just how much I would say that if, you know, if we're looking at a a ratio, I would say that fear dominates 70, 30, that we, most people, I mean, maybe that's a little much, but the amount of fear based focus, but also our fear based actions. So much of what we do and say and -hmm. think is based in fear. And there's about 30% where we actually appreciate life, enjoy life and feel truly tapped into that sense of love. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I still, you know, cause I'm on my journey towards my, you know, spiritual evolution. And when I feel that true sense of love, it's not that often, but when I do, it's like, oh my gosh, like that is there, that's something. And mm-hmm. I, I think, I always think I'd like some more of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why I believe in this journey, right? That's why I believe in this work. That's why I believe in having beautiful, amazing women like yourself on this show and just anyone who's tapping into this is because I believe that there is a future where we experience a greater amount of joy and love than fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the more we put it out there, the more we personally experience it, but we also are, set, are, are sending it out onto the planet so that other people can experience too. And, and um, people who are called to, um, I call, I call myself a, a transformation catalyst. I'm not a healer. I don't know how to heal people. I don't do that, mm-hmm. but I do know how to help people transform and, and elevate and escalate where they are. Um, and I'm, I'm a catalyst. I'm like the go-between between their spirit and the spirit. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, and uh, when we, and you do the same kind of work, you know, we're all doing different kinds of things and you may be a healer, but all of us who have chosen and accepted because that's a part of it too accepted this um it's a lifelong journey i sometimes i say it's like being in a gang you can't get out <laughs> once you're in you can't get out <laughs> and so you got to do it yeah. and um and at the same time we are experiencing our own growth experiences that that require our time and sometimes a time out it's like 
I can't do any psychic work. I'm having an erotic breakdown right now, <laughs> but I'll get back to you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, how, what do you think enables people to, I mean, because I know this is your work, but because I think another thing we find is people are really closed off to these abilities. And so just as they're, if they are too attuned to fear, I think that that makes it more challenging to tap into our psychic abilities because, you know, there's the saying that um, fear holds on and love lets go. And I know for myself, the more that I've gotten in a, in a space of feeling less fear is when I've is when my psychic opening has happened, right? Or my spiritual awakening is when I'm like, whoa, there's more here than just this. Because I think also when you're in fear, you look very at one little specific thing, right? You're fixated, you're focused on, okay, how am I going to feed myself and get myself through life and find somebody and all these things. But when you start to recognize there's nothing to worry about, it's like you start to see that there's this whole entire galaxy around you of infinite mm-hmm. possibilities and you get to open to that. So how do you move people from that place of being fixated on like the day-to-day, like this world stuff, right? Like physical world and more and open themselves more to whether you call it like the 4D, 5D dimensions, the higher realms, their higher self. I think I actually don't. I think what happens is for instance, you're doing this right now, podcasts and, um, People hear something and something clicks in them and yeah. they come around. Their spirit is, is what was it called? The hundredth monkey where they finally hear something the, the hundredth time and then they get it and go, you know, I will pick up that book. So they get guided. I don't try to make anybody accept anything. I allow um, people to be where they are. Now, sometimes I can't say that I've never, I've done this. There, There's a, um, I, I was in, 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 in a meeting in many, in many years ago. Um, I, I was in a, a health food store and this guy said, he was, he was talking about Jesus and, and religion and things like that, but Jesus specifically. And then he said, there's, there's, there's a mother. There's no, there's no ghost. There's a, a son and a father. There's got to be a mother. There's no ghost. Mm-hmm. And that just made a huge difference for me. It made so much sense that that been eliminated with the divine feminine getting kicked out. And, and so that is something that I will say sometimes if something comes up, I will say, depending on the circumstances, um, things that I know and like entrusting what, what's coming to you to do when people say something like, I really want to do so-and-so, but I'm afraid. And they're asking me, I don't volunteer. I do not do psychic work. I don't go into people's heads and start saying, oh, I feel something for you. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But if someone asks me something and I feel that it's correct, my guides will tell me whether I should do it or not. Um, I will tell them what comes up for them through the guidance from their guidance and my guidance coming together for them. So I don't, um, I don't push people. I guess that's the biggest thing. When it's time, They'll do it. And, that, and not everybody's here doing the same thing. I mean, one of the things that I've had to work on diligently, and I'm still working on it, is having a sense of the physical world. It was abstract for me. So and you're, you're an astrologer. I have no aspects on, on Saturn. I have no Earth signs and no Saturn aspects. Oh, wow. So, you know. <laughs> what, what's your um, sign? Are you an Air sign? Scorpio. Okay. Yeah, I'm Scorpio, Cancer rising, 
mm-hmm. North Node in Capricorn. Uh, so the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth. I mean, that's what I came in. And I came in, as, as I told you, like, get me out of here. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. This is a kind of a cool place. <laughs> and I love beaches, which gives me that earth and, and that water so that I can be exactly that. That's the perfect spot for me. Um, yeah. But you're very far from it right now. I know. I know. But I, I, I was recently in California. And so I went to the beach and loved it. <laughs> One of my goals within the next two years is to go to any beach anywhere Anytime I want to, that's my goal <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Does that involve like moving or are you going to relocate? No, no. I just want to go visit. I just want to go okay. hang out at various beaches yeah. all, all over the world. I, I I will eventually move from here because I'm going to move close to the water. I will do that. I don't know when that's yeah. going to be, but I am going to have to get close to the water on, on, on a regular basis, particularly as I, as I am in my seasoned years and don't want to have to fly someplace. I want, I want to be able to... Um, walk out my door or drive 20 minutes and get to a beach. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's a time and a season for various places, right? Mm -hmm. I know that in my life, certain times I feel super called, like recently I felt very drawn to the ocean and just kind of got a lot of, you know, messages that it was important for me to be near water, immersed Mm -hmm. in water, close to ocean, bodies of water, all of that. But then there's other times where I feel this draw towards the desert. And because I think that each, um, you know, I've talked about this in the show, but every every place you'll ever go has its own consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're meant to be in a certain place when you're sort of learning and growing with that consciousness until it's like, okay, now you've, you've kind of been in this element and this energy, and now it's time for this. Now this is going to be more beneficial for you. Right. Yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. Yep. And there's a reason, as you said, for everything and following that. And that, and that, and that's why I know nothing is saying pack your bags and be gone today. So that's how I know it's not time to go yet. And I've tried to leave before and like, nope, you can't leave. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting how that happens. I've done that too, where I'm like, where I, you know, it's like when you're kind of trying to exert your own will and you're kind of pushing for something and just every door is getting shut. Mm-hmm. And and there is times like that where I'm like, there really is something to this. Cause there was, there should have been no, I remember one time I was living somewhere and I really wanted to move to like Sacramento or something. And I applied to like 15 jobs. This is back before I was licensed as a therapist. And I, I'm telling you, I couldn't get one interview and I was qualified <laughs> and it was right, but nothing. They all were just like every door slammed in my face. And then I applied to one job further, like towards the coast back by my hometown, Los Gatos. First job I called, they interviewed me. They hired me like on the phone. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy how you, if you, when you become aware of that, if you just stop trying to fight against what's sort of resisting you and just go with what's more mm-hmm aligned and easier and more in the flow, mm-hmm. you tend to kind of, you know, flow down that river right where you're meant to be. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. So, and another thing you said, Karen, that I really agree with as a therapist is that whether we're doing, you know, spiritual guidance work or therapy or healing, you never really do anything for anyone. You just have offerings mm-hmm. and there, cause it's always the person that will grow or heal or have that, you know, that mm-hmm. moment, aha moment, that realization, right? We mm-hmm. never, we, you can't give someone a realization. You can't give someone healing. It mm-hmm. always comes from within. But when we're guided, when we're given sort of this guidance and messaging to offer others, that's what it is. It's kind of like, let me channel to you what your guides are kind of wanting you to hear or understand and to see if you, if it's your time to hear it and yeah. to be able to kind of click with it. Because if not, then it's like, okay, but that's why I think it's, you know, anyone who 
to me, like anyone who's kind of trying to like put something on somebody else, like a concept or something and kind of try to force it. That's never it. It's always an offering, not a forcing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's also being careful and respectful of what our gifts and what our roles are, you know, so that yeah. we don't get um, confused about the purpose. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And you spoke earlier to tarot and I would love to hear about your personal tarot journey because I, I am a tarot reader as well. And for me, again, that was another synchronicity where they, I actually had, um, I, I kind of stayed away from any of that tarot or psychics, honestly, because I thought, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear something that's going to freak me out or make me avoid certain things in life or make me like dread turning, you know, 30 something or whatever they might tell me. Mm-hmm. And then I had a good friend who had a bunch of tarot decks and she offered to do my reading and I said, okay, well, I trust her. And, you know, she said, it's really not about any proverb or fortune telling. It's just about bringing forth guidance and intuition that's coming through that wants to come for you. And so she did a reading. It was just so beautiful. And then this was like in 2019. And then in 2020, I went to a new year's party and um, a woman brought out a bunch of tarot decks and she she was doing readings for people and she did one for me. And when she finished, she said, this doesn't belong to me anymore. This is yours. Oh, and she wow. handed it to me. So it was very much like, oh, wow. Like I would never, I would never have gone and picked it up myself. But that to me, I knew I was like, I, I maybe I need to look into this. Mm-hmm. So I started studying it, but I'd love to hear about your journey. But the other thing I'll say about tarot is connected to what you said before, you have to be very aware of your intentions because it can be easy to think like, oh, well, let me tell you what needs to be said. It's more about bringing awareness to like, okay, this is the energy and the message that I'm hearing. Like, how mm-hmm. is it landing with you? Like, how is this, Always. you know, cause it's important how you work with these things because it is the unseen, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be gentle with how you're presenting this because it's not, it's not like a, a written document that you can give to someone. It's just like what you're sensing. So, and that's why often tarot readers will say like, if this doesn't resonate with you, it might not be for you, but this is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So I'm just yeah. curious about, again, how it came into your life and how you work with tarot. Okay. I um, had a reading <laughs> and I loved it. I'm trying to remember. I know that the, so the astrology happened first and then the tarot and then the seeing and, and, and hearing. And so I would, I read and I always say, does that resonate? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I think that's the term I use most of the time. What I've learned is if it doesn't make sense, keep going because it will. And I learned to trust what the cards say or what the guides say, because the guides will override the cards. Um, and, um, and I learned to trust it just with so many situations that, came in where the person goes, no, no, that's not it. And I said, okay, well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And there are two big ones. One was um, my guys were telling me, this wasn't the cards, but my guys were telling me to tell this woman who was in her 80s to play the French horn. And I'm having the conversation in my head, like I'm not telling this woman to play a French horn. She's 80. And they're saying, tell her to play the French horn. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not and then, of course, I'm an obedient reader so I said they want you to play the French horn and she jumped up and ran to her closet and took out her French horn okay oh my gosh so after that one I was like okay whatever they tell me I'm saying it no matter how ridiculous I think and then that's getting myself out of the reading you know (laughs) I'm not in this 
And then yeah. the other one was a couple came to me that they were a gay couple, women, and they, um, they, they want to talk about their relationship. And I started the reading and I said, we have to talk about the rape. And it turned out it was huge. Mm-hmm. And it was what was needed to be addressed before we could get to anything else. So that's what I mean. And I had to say, which was a hard thing. I mean, it's hard to tell somebody who's saying, tell me about my love life. And we're like, well, got to talk about this. And so the integrity that's, ne- that, that's necessary as um, someone who's trying to help people at their core, because that's what I'm doing, and help people to tap into and anchor and live in their spiritual alignment mm-hmm. is really, really important. And, that, and that's for all of us. Um, and learn and learn and learn to trust. We who are are do, are doing this work have to learn to trust it too. You know, for ourselves, and for, of course for those who, who who we are we are sharing with. Yeah. So yeah. So those are those are two things that really made me know. Okay, this this is real. I mean, I know real, but what I mean is, don't censor because you think something. You're not in this. You know, ah. <laughs> just mm-hmm. say it. I mean, I'm never going to be, I don't tell people you're going to die on Thursday or any of that kind of stuff. And that doesn't come up. I mean, it's not, that's not what this is. That's not, I don't do tricks and I don't do gimmicks or yeah, gimmicks and, and, and objections of horror. Every, everything that comes through me and I guess people who are brought to me is about how to navigate this path in, in the healthiest way possible at this time, you know? And um, it's important. I mean, I love doing it. That's the other, I do. I really love it. And I love that um, the one-on-one depth that can happen. I really, really enjoy that. People say, you should do it for masses of people. But it, I, don't, I don't know that they get or that I get. And I know the way that I've learned and I've evolved and the people that I've worked with, the most potent Changes and shifts has, have been when I've worked with somebody one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's not to say that, that I haven't, I have gotten things from groups. I certainly have. Yeah. But the one-on-one with what's my issue, what's going on with me so that I'm not trying to get along with people or, or I'm not talking because I don't want the whole world to know or whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. That, that personal component of um, your divine presence expressing what's next for you um coming through that's what i love doing and that's i think that's what i do best yeah yeah so i I think you've kind of said it but to kind of to pinpoint how would you describe what's happening let's say when you're doing a tarot reading when you know because i always say that you know whatever your guides um ancestors Pastor, whatever is coming through, just the energy that's coming through is what is wanting to share a message with you. How mm-hmm. do you just describe it? What do you think it is when you're getting that hit? When when you're getting that sense of telling someone to go get their French horn, uh, yeah. <laughs> the French horn. What is that to you? To, to me, it's my guides. It's my counsel, and it's when when I read, I, I I start with connecting my guides with with the person's guides and elementals, and I use conscious ancestors because all ancestors are not necessarily the ones you want to take some guidance from. <laughs> Depends on who the ancestors are. Um, and um, because I can see and hear, and it's, I, I mean, I'm always going here because it always comes from the left. 
Now I'll, I'll get to some guidance that, that says, you know, that there's somebody in the back of you and they're, to the, or they're on the right side of you. I mean, they're on the right side of who I'm talking to. But my guidance always comes in from the left, always. Recently, I've been, I guess, exposed, ele- elevated, whatever, to a, a, a council that I didn't know I had before. Mm. And it's been like, I'd say like three weeks since that happened. And it's my council for me. Um, however, I've been using it like every day. And recently I did a group, I did, I did a group forum and I, ha- I called in everyone's individual counsel for them. And then I helped them to cultivate their, in, their intuition. I see you're having fun, Ari. <laughs> For those who are listening, there's a, there's a beautiful cat that keeps joining us, jumping up on her on Karen's table. <laughs> yes, so that whatever the message is, I was trying to help people tap into trust, basically trust their intuition. And so I called in their specific counsels for them and so that they could feel that. And it worked. It worked really, really well. And I, I am working more and more with people, and I do do this in group, to help them Trust, because it's about trusting. We all get it all day long. We get, don't go down that block, go down this block, don't eat that, eat this. We get that all day long and don't give it the label or attribute it to intuition, but it is. It's guidance. Um, And we have guidance in relationships, we have guidance in everything. And it's a part of us. It's not out there. And that's the other thing that's really important. It seems like it's out there. It's not out there. It's inside out there's the you know we have this auric field and just all of these things and so making it accessible I guess so my guides as I started to say my guides come from the left when I'm when I'm reading for somebody um, and you know I have the cards or not most times I do cards I like the cards because I love I love the visuals of, of them the symbolism and. If you have five of us reading tarot, we might have five different interpretations. It just depends, you know, on what's what. But as I say, the guidance o- overrides, and they're funny, and they they say things that they don't take like nearly as seriously as we do. <laughs> they get all bogged down, and they really they're they're cool. <laughs> they're yeah. <good> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you spoke to um, the, your counsel, Carrie. Now, for those who wouldn't really understand what that means, though, and my understanding is that we, I mean, it kind of goes back to when we choose to incarnate, right? As a human, we choose to come in into a physical body as a soul. And that when we do, though, we have this whole council of souls, not in this plane that are kind of with us. They're there, they're along, they're kind of like the overseers, right? It's like they put us out in the game and they're kind of like the coaches on the sidelines. It's how I kind of visualize it where they're like, and they always remember why we came here, what we're seeking to remember and to uh, how we're looking to evolve in this lifetime. And they're the ones that offer this gentle guidance through intuition, through every, through the unseen, the psychic mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. Is that, would you agree or how do you perceive the counsel? Yeah, I, I agree. And that for me, I don't know you know, people say, who are they? Who, what they, I don't know. And I think they're a mix of people who, of people who have incarnated, have incarnated before and, and then beings that never incarnated because that's not what they do. And um, maybe some from the angelic realm. I don't know. And if, you see, I'm not curious about my counsel. I just count on my counsel, if that makes sense. I, um, yeah. I, I, I trust it because, well, I've been doing this a long time. 
as I said, it was the 80s when I started. And um, yeah, I just, um, I know when, you know, here's, 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 here's an example. So I do something called Altars at Altar. I teach this workshop. And it came on a day when I was freaking out, totally. I was money strapped out of my mind, losing it and going, I've been doing this all my life and blah, blah, blah. And this is what's happening. And this, any other, you know, having a little temper tantrum, having a little yeah. rage. And I heard build an altar. I'm like, I don't need an altar. I need money. What are you all doing? What are you talking about? Build an altar. <laughs> and they kept going, build an altar. Unflugged by me. I mean, they didn't care if I freaked out. And, and, and when you finish your freak out, build an altar, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I did. And they told me exactly how to do it. They, they told me what they wanted, what it would be. And it was shifting. And sometimes when you get guidance to do something that seems extraneous compared to what we're trying to pay attention to, it, it is to take us out of our drama Mm-hmm. So that we can open up, like you were saying, we open up to yeah. what needs to happen and, and to the expansiveness that can happen if we get out of our own way. Yes. And so that was one of those experiences. And, build, and, build, and building altars is something I do all the time. And I knew I, I had altars before and I knew altars before, but not this specific kind that they wanted. And mm-hmm. um, it has served me well for a very long time now. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Altars are fabulous ways to really kind of, I think it creates a nice balance and sanctuary in the home. Mm -hmm. So again, for those who might not know an altar can, I mean, we know you're familiar with altars, right? We usually associate them with like a church or where you, you know, where you stand when you get married, but it's, it's basically, it's just a, a place where you put things that are, they have specific meaning or value or symbolism for you. Right. So I know I had an altar where I had crystals. I used to, um, I've been moving around a lot recently. So I have to do like a makeshift altar wherever my home is, which again, usually includes like some piece of nature, um, some crystals. But when I was living somewhere for a while, I would do it around the seasons. So each season, like I would have different flowers for summer and different plants or different things that kind of represented that season, sand from a beach and, or, you know, and then pictures. So it can be really anything that kind of, it's very grounding, right? When you spend time in your altar, you're like, okay, this is when I'm releasing my stress, my preoccupation, my, you know, this world stuff. And I'm connecting with the energy of my altar and connecting with my guides. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And with this altar, they wanted me to, to have tears and specific things on the tears. And it was interactive. It wasn't just walk by, you know, do a little genuflect and call it a day. It was interact with this, make things happen. You know, um, it it was, I guess, a manifesting altar. I guess I could call it that. Um, I've always called it an altar that alters because it changes. Um, and I think the biggest lesson was pay attention to what's being offered without judging, because that's a big thing, too. You know, we get offered these ideas and these things to do, and we go, well, that'd be cool, but I don't think so. I'm going to go eat some pasta. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, had I not built the altar, I don't know. Yeah, I do know. I would have eventually had to do it later. That's the other thing. Do it now. When you tell you to do something, really go do it. (laughs) It's really the fastest way and the 
the path to the of least resistance to that which you're trying to heal or fix or manifest or expand. It doesn't have to be a problem. Sometimes it's just a you know a wonderful gift. I had an interesting, I've had some interesting things of late, lots of dreams and lots of awakenings. I mean a series of awakenings. And I since last July, between last July and this July, so a solid year, I've, I've been working with different practitioners in different areas um, for me, like very personally for me, for things that I want to do, for things that that I don't understand and want to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say to relax in the rest of this journey. And relaxing is important, you know, the high strong part of me, in fact, there's, there's, there's a woman I worked with and I love her term. She says, moving at a peaceful pace, mm. do it at a peaceful pace. So sometimes I'll, you know, I'll be at my desk and I'm writing and all of a sudden I say, you should get something to drink. And I jump up and start running at peaceful pace. The refrigerator will be there, mm. <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, it really does. It's like doing breath work, like taking that meditation, but except it takes one second to go peaceful pace. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I knew I needed to learn more for myself, but also for the people that I serve and and that level of understanding. I mean, I'm saying I'm not trying to know who the council is. They will reveal themselves as needed. Mm-hmm. But I did need to know there are these councils and I've known there are councils, but there are different kinds of councils. There's just all these. There's just so much, as, as, as you know. Um, so new ways of working and new ways of being. And I, I just knew it was time. And so I, I, I really dedicated a year to that, including business and, and um, Vedic astrology, which, which was new for me. And I really like Vedic astrology. It shifted some things in my chart that made me look at not shoving my, my round self into a square peg because it didn't belong there actually <laughs> i thought it belonged there but it really didn't this made more sense and and everything builds on every, on everything else that's human design i did that i mean really i've been doing a lot of gene keys um yeah. a lot of experiencing different tools and modalities and interpretations of the patterns that we are because we are we're, we're a bunch of patterns and um deciphering them and then pulling out what resonates, what doesn't, or what I'll get back to that because it's a little bit deeper than I want to go right now, or I can go, my brain is right. So I'm just doing this, but having that, that gift box to pull from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, um, you know, I think something else that came up is that, you know, everything that you're saying Again, it reminds me of just allowing things to be and noticing that when you just allow things to be, when you set it, move at a peaceful pace, when you stop rushing, it's like things that are inherent start to kind of come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been getting a strong messaging and I keep not coincidentally coming across books. Just uh, this past Friday, I felt called to go to this bookstore, East West Bookstore, beautiful place. Uh, oh, you know it? Yeah. Yeah. And they had one in Mountain View and I was driving back home from like Palo Alto and it was like 
go like, go. and I was like, okay, I'll see what I find there. And, and it was funny. Cause I was going, it was super crowded. It was a Friday night. And I was like, okay, well, if I don't find a parking spot, I'm going to leave. And sure enough, shoot, somebody pulled out. <laughs> spot. And I went to the, the, uh, you know, discount books and one, and there was just a bunch in a line that was like listening to your heart, tapping into your inherent gifts. And that's been a theme for me is because I do tend to want to run at a breakneck pace rather than the peaceful pace, right? I want to say like, okay, this is what I want to do and I'm going to make it happen. And I keep getting these messages that are like, what if you just were still and let the things that you inherently have, like have the gifts you have come through. And again, the same thing we we're talking about earlier, where people are too focused on fear and what they should be, then it's like, they're completely looking away from what is right with them. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that keeps coming up for me lately is um, let yourself sit with and tap into what it, what is what comes naturally rather than trying to force something. And I think that goes with what we have to offer others so that we can be more giving and more in service rather than constantly thinking like, well, what am I getting? You know, what am I getting so that I can do this? It's like, well, what do you just naturally have? to give. And it's, it just kind of the sense I have lately that it's like my next step in my journey. That's like, are you going to decide to let go of like these things that you feel you have to do and step more into what you're really able to do mm-hmm. at you with your, you as a soul, as your gifts on this planet, you know? And I think that's something that's hard for a lot of us because in the world we live in, there's so many things that we're supposed to do or that are supposed to be good, right? Certain, certain levels of success or, you know, gains or popularity or fame or whatever it is. So we push for that. And then we ignore the things that we really could excel or embrace. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It does. Um, and the paying attention to what already is like third dimensional, the 3d stuff. And this, and this, this is where I've had to do a whole lot of work. Yeah paying attention to it as though it's in concrete and cannot be infused with the spiritual love, the word you use, love and vibration, that's where the altering comes. And so not slamming heads up against walls of done deals and not living in the past and the expectation of some more hurt, pain, fear, because those are the things that shut us down. Well, I would do it, but I'll probably get like you okay, you applied for five thousand jobs and didn't, and didn't get them where you weren't supposed to be. Yeah. But didn't say, well, I'm never gonna work in this field again. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. Nope, there's there's a different path. Not the door is slammed. The door is slammed because it's not your door. That's the wrong door. Mm-hmm. And so we keep going and don't abandon our own lives. I think that's what it comes down to. Not abandoning our own lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also something else that kind of came along with that was a realization that anything that we're trying to force will usually run out of steam because force takes effort. It's not natural. So we're going to eventually... And to me, that's the way that our world works right now. That's why our system and everything about our world is eventually going to change because everything right now is based on force. We have to force so much of our concepts about, you know, superiority or, you know, who's, who's, you know, deemed successful or this or that it's Mm -hmm. forced concepts. It's not natural. So it's going to lose steam. And I think we're eventually going to return back to a more natural state of being able to see everyone's inherent value because 
right now we're trying to force ideas that are very external based and not really based in reality. So what I was going to say is that another message I was getting was do whatever you do, do what's in your heart, do what you love, because that will not run out. That will be what you can, and it may not be so glamorous and it may not be what, you know, you thought you wanted to do, but if it's from your heart and it's something you love, it'll get you there, wherever there is. But that's just kind of what I kept getting was like, you know, stop thinking about what's going to make you successful and start doing what you feel most drawn to Mm -hmm. most, you know, comfortable with what feels like very natural. And that makes sense. And divine timing matters too. And that, that, that was huge. I'm, you know, a playwright and Oh. I play that I've been working on for a long time. I have the director who's probably she's still directing it. I guess she's still talking to me because it's taking me longer than I anticipated, much longer. But it's also infinitely better than it would have been because all these different things have happened. All these these, these synchronicities that that popped in that I knew nothing of um, that are now in the piece that make it so much better than if I had just done it because of a deadline and check I did it. and But it's not the sole story that needs to come out. And mm-hmm. I want the soul. It was excellent. It was really good. It is currently brilliant. And it's brilliant because spirit has the big hand come in and, do, and, 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 and was always there. But the patience to let it evolve. And, you know, we, we're the vessels that things come through. So we get the ideas, but we still have to do it. I don't, I don't, I don't have paper and the magic hands comes out and starts writing, you know, but the magic information comes in, but I have to be at the computer to do it. Or I learn about these people that I didn't know anything about that now are influencing the style of the the, the play even has shifted. And um, my intention for it is, is, broader i'll put it that way it's the same intention but on a much deeper and 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 far-reaching spread of information actually from the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. and it was always there but not like it is now and so being patient with myself and hopefully um she was very happy with what it was before I, I know she's going to be way more happy with what it is now. <laughs> so I have to not be guilty. You know, working with my own guilt and this, that, and the other, and shoulda, coulda, woulda. But didn't because it wasn't mine to control, you know. Not trying to control our lives, but to allow our lives to unfold and be present in it at the same time. It's like a juggling act to a degree. I mean, it really is. You know, you say, do what you love. But if you're starving and you have a job you hate, but you can't, you'd love to be the cookie baker, but it's not going to pay you right now. You might do a side little start of cookie baking, but you're not going to quit your job you hate yeah. while you're waiting to do what you love. So, you know, balancing out process, you know, yeah. um, and asking spirit, what's, what's the best way to do this? Um, and then not fighting because we fight our own spirit. We do. We fight our own spirit. All of us. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> tell us something we don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I can fix that. I got this. I got this. No, you don't got this. <laughs> you think you got it? We'll be back. We'll be here when you when you figure out you don't. Um, so in, th- in those areas in our lives where we get stuck, it's like 
why can't I get this one little area and then everything will be fine. It's like everything is fine. There, I love Qigong and there's a, a master's name is Master Ming, Ming Tangu. And he, he has this thing, it's called Hala. All is well and getting better. Mm. And, and he, said, he says it before and after everything. Hala, Hala. All is well and getting better. And remembering, because that changes your vibration also, you know. Um, and when we get determined, something I realized during the pandemic years <laughs> is sometimes what I thought was fear was excitement. Mm. And really checking in the nuance of that. Like, am I really afraid or am I excited? Because uh-huh. they're really closely related energetically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just a, you know, that, that anticipation, that desire, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, excitement is a lot about desire. Like a little kid that's like, oh my gosh, we're going to go to the park. Yay. It's like you, that's like, oh my gosh, we're about to have this opportunity. And, and we might sense like, oh gosh, I feel kind of like jumpy or, or maybe it is fear, but it's because another thing that I think is important is that to recognize that our souls don't have judgment the way we do. So they almost look forward to a challenging time in life, just as much as a beautiful, you know, sunny, happy time in life. Cause they're like, yes, here's going to be the grit that I'm going to grow. And they're like, you know, they don't judge like, Oh, this is going to be a really challenging time. Or this is going to be a really, you know, a uh, time of manifesting and abundance. Right. They sort yeah, of look yeah. at it as either way. It's, it's, it's growth. It's experience. They, the soul just wants experience. It doesn't judge. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want happy experiences. We want the yeah. painless experience. We want yes. the, but sometimes the most painful thing it's going to get you on the other side so that that kind of pain and that kind of experience is never necessary again because you had 42 elevations. We're going to use those lessons as elevations, awakenings, awarenesses mm-hmm. that shift your whole way of being. Yeah. And it becomes a wonderful thing. The process, not so much, but it does become a wonderful thing when you're on the other side of it. Um, and I, I, there's something, I, I just do a workshop called Drama as a Healing Art. And the premise is the dramas in our lives are not supposed to stop us. They are supposed to um, guide us and inform us and, and take us to the next level. We don't attach. And if you're one of the people, I was one of the people that, you know, you know, those, you punch them, they stay down. The, they, I would stay down instead of it pop me back up. I'd stay down there and crawl around and be in the trenches forever and ever and ever and slowly. <laughs> but the bottom line is the dramas and even the happy dramas, you know, you fall in love and you're euphoric and crazy and this is the best person I've ever dated and he's this and oh my God, I've never met anybody like this in my life. And then six months later, so he's all right. He's, he's okay. He's good. <laughs> because that's drama too, because there's a balance. So the, the extremes ups and the extreme lows, mm-hmm. we're getting to the, he's actually wonderful. And now it's not whatever, but whatever, whatever, I forgot what, what the rush is for love. I don't remember what it is, but it's not this euphoric chemical reaction anymore. Still mm-hmm. a wonderful person, you know, um, and not projections. There's not a ton of projections and, and, and expectations and all these other things that, that we will plan on. 
to a relationship initially. And this is for work too. You know, this is the best job in the world. Oh my God, my boss is an idiot. You know, (laughs) these things to get you to, okay, so what's the balance level? What's the balance state of being? That is a really pleasant place to be most of the time. And it also prepares us for when we're doing the great ups and the great downs so that we have a, um, what, what do you call that thing? Uh, it's a it's a point of understanding. That's not the term, but a point of, I know when I'm good again because I'm here. Yeah, um, sort of a checkpoint. Like a, a checkpoint, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I know for me, um, something like, an altar or any spiritual practice is what I, it's like my touchstone where I feel myself kind of drifting into that space of, of fear and like, this shouldn't be happening. And I feel detached or I feel scared. But then I get back and when I get in the zone or I meditate or I remember, okay, I'm never alone. I'm always being guided. There's nothing like you said, that phrase you said, where it says everything's good and getting better. Yeah, yeah. Everything that's happening to me is for my highest good. As much as I might say at the time, this sucks or that I'm terrified. <laughs> you know, I got super sick this year, sicker than I've ever been. And it scared the heck out of me. And I had a friend pull a card for me and she pulled Kali Ma. And it, the title of the card was Facing Fear. Uh-huh. And it just hit because I thought, well, you know, if I never faced anything challenging in life, how would I gain courage? Mm-hmm. How can you gain courage if you never put in a situation where you have to be courageous? And so I took that and I said, okay, I'm still not alone. Cause there are times in life where we say, have I been, you know, forsaken? Like, am I going through this? Because I've like, I've done too, too wrong. I'm too disconnected. But it's the answer is always no. Everything's always leading us back home, right? Back to ourselves, back to our highest self, back to source, back to creation. Mm-hmm. And so that was a beautiful reminder. And now I get, when I get scared again, I, that's, I go back and I find my touch point, you know, my guidepost where I, and I remember Right. This too is a part of my path. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing outside of our path. It's impossible because there's nothing outside of God or source. So there's no way to be like totally lost in the Netherlands and um, Mm -hmm. not know where you are. Right. So I think that, and that's why it's also important to have community and Mm -hmm. to connect with spiritual guides or spiritual teachers. um, You know, anybody who, who understands these concepts because it can help us refocus. It is important. And it's important, the company that, that we keep too. It's yes. very, very important because um, if you aren't with people of like heart, I think heart more than anything else, um, and you're an empath, which probably most of the people who are coming to you <laughs> are coming you know, through this, then you're going to pick up people's stuff. And you won't, and you'll think it's yours and it's not yours, mm-hmm. but it's going to function like yours because you've been willing. And so being discerning and making choices. And when, and when you don't know what to do, asking, I'll say, okay, I, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling stupid. I'm feeling weak, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, please help me call in the council. Okay. Help, help, help me get back in, in line. Um, and keeping the company uh, is really important in our personal relationships mm-hmm. that we be with people who are respectful and appreciate us and who also want to be loved and respected and appreciated because you don't want the imbalance on either side. 
Yeah. And when that happens, there's such a sense of loss and there's such a sense of isolation that happens that occurs. Querying this path that we're on, and I think periodically we probably all do once in a while go, did I just waste 40 years of my life? (laughs) And no. Um, And there's there's also the shift. You know, there's like this, you know how the moon has a void, what is called the moon, the the void of course? The moon moon goes void of course? Do you know that? No. Okay, so yeah, it, it goes into a void. And so, so do we, because we're getting ready to go up. We're getting ready to make a shift. And we're like in a, in a holding pattern of, of nothingness. And then it's a great card. You've got the deck. So the Osho deck. Wait, are you talking about, um, cause that's so crazy. I, was it my deck? I just, no, it was when I was in in that same bookstore, they had like hundreds of Oracle decks and they had demo Mm -hmm. decks. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. I was like a kid in a candy (laughs) store playing with them. But it's so crazy. You say that Karen, because I got the void was a card I got from a deck. And just as you spoke to it said, allow for like allow you're in, like you're about to be birthed. So trust that you're in a void space. So you're kind of in the womb. And it was like, don't try and force anything. You it's, it said like you've ended a big chapter and every ending, there's like a time before the next, you know, the next scene, the next chapter, the next life really. Yeah. And, and being able to just sit with that. And so, sorry, that's just so crazy. You brought that up because I've been, I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was in the void right now. So tell us a little more about the void because just the void feels like, you know, have, have you forsaken me? Have I wasted my life? What am I doing? Oh my God, my brain is off. I want to watch 1500 episodes of Bridgerton and not do anything else. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and go with that. It's like a time out moment. It's a re- calibrating a lot of work's going on sometimes there'll, there'll, there'll be times when I'm tired I don't have a real reason to be tired I'm just tired and I will sleep and sleep and years ago I realized spirits working on me they're doing some some reconfiguring and you just stay down and yes. pop back up when it's time and that happens sometimes I have to remember oh yeah that's that's what this is not I've lost my mind. I'm not doing anything. I'm walking around in a circle. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. again, okay. And this can bring us into, because we haven't really touched on the divine feminine, which I'd like to. That is a very, it's a very um, sort of our more masculine energy mindset to be like, I have to be doing something to yeah. be growing, to be, you know, excelling, to be evolving. But that's not always true. And I think that's what the void teaches us is sometimes imperfect stillness is where we we're doing a different kind of growth. Just, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be anything or do, you know, to do anything. You're just being, yeah. right. It doesn't have to look any certain way. It's just recharging. And, but, you know, I think what people get confused is just like, you know, we talked about like, okay, well don't try to, to force anything, but at the same time, if you're given a gift, you got to work with it. Like it doesn't all just like, if you, if you get inspiration for a book, it's not going to write itself. Like you no. do have to do the work. So it's that balance in life of receiving and like being, but then also, you know, kind of churning, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the, the phrase of um, like, do the legwork, but don't worry about where you end up. Right. It's the journey, not the destination. It's kind yeah. of what I'm getting at. Like do the work at hand, but be let go of like, attachment to results or expectations. So something you just said, and I, I've, I've been trying to do it. I'm not always, I'm, I don't do it all the time, but I really try instead of saying work, I say, create, I'm trying, I'm create. instead of I'm going to work at this, I'm going to create and that has a happier, more fulfilling, gentle energy to it. For me, work has a heavy 
get it done, get it done, lock the floor, yeah. swap the deck, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, when you were talking about the divine feminine, I was thinking about when a baby's in a womb, a fetus is in the womb, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. We don't know what it is, but but we know stuff is evolving, stuff's happening in there. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it is either. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They may know, but to the degree that um, they could express it, I guess. Stuff's happening. It's dark in there, but a whole lot's going on. And we nourish ourselves during that period of time, hopefully all the time, but you know, there's extra care into this and the other because something is going to happen. And with life, unless you check out, something is going to happen. And so allowing it, focusing on, and I like this, I, one of the workshops I took was around money. And um, and now I'm going to lose the, the thought. Um, oh, she said, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Yeah. That we, Beautiful phrase. You know, I've got the, this has to be the most perfect thing. Like I said, the piece is brilliant. It's not brilliant. It, brilliance came through me. And yeah, I want to own it because I am an individualized being of spirit. But I know that had I, forced it, it wouldn't be what it is. And so this progress, I'm making progress. I don't have, I don't have to be perfect, I do, but it does need to be excellent. You know what I mean? It needs to be really, really good. And then sharing it with others, that's the other part. When I give it to others, that's when it gets, it's the next level of life. It's next expansion of life. Yeah. And, and so we don't have to do it all. And in this culture... In this specific culture, you know, the what's the self-made person and the this, that, and the other, and pull yourself up by whatever. You're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, there is no ad. You're, you're probably feeling financially secure and wonderful. Have a nice day. You don't see that commercial ever. You see, you need, you need, you need, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't. Oh, you aren't. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Hey, I think you're good. Don't buy anything. Like, don't worry. Turn this TV off and go live your life. Ooh, there's always got to be something that's like, you know what you need? I'm going to tell you. you I'm going to tell you and then I'm going to tell you how you fix it. And you can get a loan to, to get it because you don't have what you need. You know? Yeah, for yourself. And, oh, goodness. It's, a, it's such an interesting place where we find ourselves. Like when I do step back and just observe the way the world is, I, I just think, wow, that's this is really fascinating where we've gotten ourselves and the, the ideas that we've, and beliefs we've landed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very odd. And, and so again, that's why I think this work is important because I think we are a bit um, kind of misled in what is true, I guess, true for our highest good. And mm-hmm. I think that we're all getting this calling now. We've been, I, I feel like we've gone as far as we can basically from our truth. And now we're getting that, that distant calling of, hey, maybe you can move. You've swung really far this way. How about swinging back this way a little? And because I know for me, my spiritual like connection felt like it came out of nowhere. I was like, what is, why am I being drawn to like, you know, lead these women's groups and start talking about the divine feminine? Like I don't, and do tarot cards. I was like, this is, and use crystals, all these things. And then all these people started coming in my life, like spiritual guides and different, you know, individuals and, and, it just feels like it's happening to a lot of us yeah. is this sense of we're bringing it back to something or we're, we're shifting something more into balance, which to me is the divine feminine. It's that mm-hmm. 
the, the, you know, the element, the energy that's been missing is kind of hearkening us back. And which is sort of, it is like the holder of creation because the feminine is that, which, you know, is the womb. It's the womb where the universe came from. And it's nurturing. It's, 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 it's not, it's not rip, rip apart, judge, annihilate if you don't understand, you know, it's none of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's how do we understand and how do we help each other and how do we move? You know, it's so interesting. We were talking just about that, but we were talking about how women, if, if women, if women are Roman, one woman starts crying, we're all going over to see what the problem is and how we can help and what we can do. Cause it's what we do. That's how women are. Wherever we are, could be. And I've only, I've, I've only seen it in a broad co- collective sense when there's been a catastrophe out in, you know, like out in the world. Other than that, good luck to you. I hope you get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. But our inclination is, what do you need? How can we help you? And, yeah. and the, the, the rallying together and community. Community is getting activated in a way and I'm sure the pandemic had a lot to do with that. And that's not everybody. I mean, we know there's a whole lot of crazy going on, but there's also, there's also small community coming together in support of each other for what's, what's needed, what's loving, what's whole and what's inclusive. And that's happening a lot. Um, The way people are living um, and planning to live in their I like the word seasoned years. I like seasoned better than senior. Um, mm-hmm. And not this isolation. I, you know, I, I helped with my parents when they were in their various states of transition yeah. and learned so much about people who have nobody. I mean, it's like in this culture, you get to be an elder and oh, well, yeah. and, and, there are a lot of communities that are being built and created so that people who are alone or whose families can't or don't want to participate in their um, latter years can have a place and have a community. And I think that's really, really important. That's one of the things that's important to me. That's something that I'm going to be paying attention to. I see it as such a big part of the future that I'm, and, and it's a few, it's kind of like returning because that was more historically, that's what cultures understood was that elders of are, are of extreme value because they've lived a whole dang life. So they have wisdom, but we, we don't value wisdom. That's the problem. So sorry, I, I go ahead. You're, no, no, you didn't. You're right. And, and we don't value wisdom if it doesn't come with dollar bills attached to it in this particular culture. And if you've got all this money, but no soul, active soul, I mean, we all have a a soul, but we're disconnected from it. Then what you do with it isn't helpful to the greater whole. And I think we're moving collectively to what's good for the greater whole. And Wealth is so amazingly wonderful because so much can be done, um, including having your personal good time, but also making sure that other people have a good time and a, a safe time and a healthy time yeah. as well. I mean, that they can live comfortably and, and yeah. that's and, and, and according to their 
concept of comfort too. You know, everybody does, does doesn't want to own a yacht. Some people do. Like, and you might want to ride on them, but not own them. Whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. It is, and, and I think this is important too. That part of the our individuality is how do I use my life for me and others? And some people have a broad vision of what they want to do in the world. And some people, I want to cook for the family on Sundays and have everybody come to my house. I want to be the house, the go-to house. Yeah. Um, not everybody has um, the same vision. I'll just leave it there. Not, not, not everybody has the same vision of what success is for them. And when we get the chance to define it for ourselves and then to live it for ourselves, then we have the life that we want. And I think that judging people based on, the, you know, the, the, that term compare and despair, judging people based on a standard, a so-called standard of anything is a mistake, including in the, the educational system. You know, there are different kinds, there are different ways of learning. There are people who are visual learners, there are people who are auditory learners, just all these different, and a shove people into categories that are falsely created for some um, way to measure something that can't be measured is a problem. <laughs> it's a huge problem. It's the biggest problem that we have on this planet. Yeah. We're, we're creating these value systems that are, are not based in reality and are so, so disconnected from our soul that that's why I think we've lost touch with our souls is because mm -hmm. we're not resonating with that, which our soul knows, which is that we always have full inherent value. We're mm -hmm. saying, oh, no, no, only if I have these, we're living in this other strange system of that doesn't equate. It's that's always mm -hmm. means that usually means more. We always need more, 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 right? Right. Okay, well, I'm only a value if I'm impressive, if I'm wealthy, if I'm accomplished, if I'm, you know, affirmed and all these things. There's yeah. no truth yeah. in it. And it keeps us running on this cycle that, and, and just truly, literally looking away from our soul and saying, ah, that's, I, I feel something in there, but I don't, I don't how am I going to make money? Like you said, those dollar bills, unless it yeah. is dollar bills coming yeah. out of it, we're not, we turn away right now. Yeah. Or, you know, again, like accolades and respect and power. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody doesn't want that. But honestly, yes, everybody, the, the power to be you, that's the power. That's yeah. it. The power to be you. Yeah. I, you know, I'm doing play for, for life, which is a workshop that I'm, that I'm doing now. Yes. And, tell us about it. Play for life. Yeah. Play for, for life. And one of the things is um, free yourself to be yourself. I mean, that's, that's part of it. And it's, um, we, we go through these series, we emerge, surge, and splurge. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, a, it's, you know, it's a, a year thing. And it's, um, I, I email action adventures and then people work with me one-on-one -on -one intuitively to support. So each active, each action adventure is then followed up by a session with me and the guides, of course, me is the guides. When I say me, I'm talking the guides. Mm -hmm. um, so that things that are important to you now, it's not a general thing. And it's it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's for you. And I'm loving it. And the people who are doing it are loving it because it addresses our individuality. There's a part of it that it says um, we're navigating the 
the maze and amazement that is our life. And I'm guiding people to do that. And so I, I know that we all have an inkling of who we are and then we get talked out of it, mm-hmm. you know? Most of us get talked out of it. Not all of us, some people don't, but most of us get talked out of it or, 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 bring, or bring it down a few octaves. We don't want to be too big. We don't want to be too, you know, stand out too much, be too different. Mm -hmm. But then that's doing us a great disservice. Exactly. But then you're unhappy. You know, many years ago, I said, if I had to write my epitaph, this was a while back, it it would be do over. (laughs) And that's not what I wanted it to be. You know, I want, I want to have fully expressed everything I wanted to do and fully enjoyed everything here. And it sounds like you are, Karen. You're yeah. doing it. That's going to, you get to change your epitaph now. It's, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's changing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a new one, but it's not that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like it was one that you just threw out a ton of things where I'm like, wait, hold on. Cause I need to put that like on my refrigerator, on my wall. You need to, <laughs> maybe that's your next move is to start doing, you know, some merchandise where people can, cause you just said some beautiful things. Um, when you said it will be free to be you or be you to be free. What free was it? yourself yeah for yourself to be yourself yes that's it and that is so important because you know just the other day i was talking to someone and i was like well i want i don't want people to think that i'm like just some hippie or this or that and they said well you know what whitney like you're gonna have to let that go because people are gonna think what they're gonna think and if you want to be you and if you want to keep going with this work you have to let go of what people might think of you you can't and he and they were so right i was like okay you're right because i how i can't control what other people perceive of when i'm freeing myself to be myself because like you said, we don't want to go down an octave because we're like, well, I don't, what if they think it's weird? Well, you know what, if weird is being yourself, then like bring it on. And I think the more of us who express our weird selves, free the other people to be their weird self yes. too. I, I was staying inside too, but I'm nuts also. Yay. You know, <laughs> so I come out. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the subtype, I've got for you something to be yourself as a part of that, but it's also fire up your fun, freedom, and flourish. That's the tagline of Play for Life. And it is, it's, we have to be fired up about our own lives. Yes. We have to stay fired up about our own lives. And yeah, we read the headlines and see who did what to whom and who's going to do what to whom and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, if you're going to be here, you really need to enjoy and understand. I think too, part of the work is understanding the process, understanding why you're here and what you can do. And it's not to suffer. I mean, there's a lot of, misconceptions about what being good is. Um, There, when I was learning astrology, this woman named Louise taught me how to do these two different charts. She would do, and I now do, um, your, the chart you came in with the plan you had when you got it, when you got in and then the compromise chart, when you meet your family and go, well, that's not going to (laughs) work. And so, yeah, you know, there, there, there's the, the whole list of why you can't be yourself. And it starts in school. It starts in the family, I'm sure. Yeah. But also in school when you wore a red tie and we don't wear red ties, we're going to beat you senseless for your red tie. Yes. And the innocence of being young. And, and I, I mean, I have a lot of stuff, but children not being able to be children is one of them. Children being forced into... Mm, adult situations 
and 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 information that they don't need to have because it it, it really stunts their the curiosity and their power that would naturally evolve if it didn't get shut down. Yes. Um, yeah. And so being fair, just being fair to people, just being fair to life, being fair to, to animals and children and people and yeah. food, you know, um, all of these things that are easily doable with the right consciousness, with the right intention, with the right decision to decision. Um, because I know from, from, from myself, I can set intentions and but when, I, but when I get real clear, like, okay, this is the bottom line, I'm doing this. It gets done. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'm, I'd like to do that, but are you going to? <laughs> it's like, you have to make a decision. You are or you're not. Yep. And when I get decisive, when other, you know, when we get decisive, it happens. And so I think bringing that in too. And we can't, um, there's a term I like, which is find your piece of the puzzle. Everybody's not going to do everything. Find yep. that thing that's yours. Yeah. And go with it. And it might be more than one thing, but, you know, um, not spreading yourself too thin so that, yeah, I have 500 causes. There's so many things. But what's the one you can do something about right now? Yes. Yeah, and take yeah. action in that arena for yourself, and not and not abandoning ourselves, our well being, our health, our 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 bodies, embodying yeah. and feeling. That's a, another big thing is feeling, feeling what you really feel, and sometimes it feels uncomfortable. It's like I feel like smashing that person in the face. Well, you're not going to smash them in the face, but don't deny the feeling. Why do you have the feeling? You might find out, well, they remind me of somebody I knew when I was in fourth grade. I don't even like, I don't dislike them. I don't even know them. Whatever it is, go into these energies that are stuck, for lack of a better word, in your body and wreaking some kinds of havoc sometimes. So, some of them are wonderful and they may be freeing spots, but some things are wreaking havoc. I call it the tar. And you kind of scrape the tar out, you scrape out the stuff that's in there that doesn't belong in there. And a lot in the sacral, usually sacral and root chakra has a lot of that, that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, and it stunts the creativity. It stunts our ability to express ourselves and what out of our Yeah. And that's so important because that, I think, again, that's another condition on our planet right now that's creating so much um, dissatisfaction, disenchantment. That was a word that really hit me. I I heard your back. It said humans have become disenchanted with life. Mm -hmm. And it hit me because life is so enchanting. Just everything you go to expresses like be yourself because then you can see like the magnificence of who you are and have joy and have fun. But most of us see life as this drudgery, as this sentence we've been given, like, well, you got to live this out or if you're lucky, you will. But that's like, life is literally like this magical enchanting thing that can be so wonderful. And, but it's just your point that we, we get these messages from the time that we're little, because we have that magic and that enchantment when they're little kids. But then like, for some reason, we're not supposed to have it anymore. Once we're past like eight and we're supposed to just be like very serious. And like, because life is serious. Uh, why? (laughs) Like who said life is super serious. And and follow these these rules and you'll be happy. 
So the rules are made up by somebody. We don't know who, but you got you just got to do it. <laughs> like where did this? You realize that somebody made up these rules. We act as if like they're inherent to the world. Like these are the rules of life. Like uh, no, they're rules that we made up, and yeah. we can change. And they them. can change. I actually was was thinking about yesterday or the day before. I don't remember, but recently, so many people who went to jail for possession of marijuana, and so many marijuana what do they call them? Um, businesses, like for better word, now everywhere. Yeah. You know, people who spent time in jail because there was a law and then other oh, the law changed. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, wait, now it's okay. Now it's, yeah. now it's different. Yeah. Uh, and so these, the need that some people have to control others, I think that would be a great thing to get rid of the need to control other people. Yeah. If you're paying attention to your own life, you really don't have time to control other people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what it does to society, I watched, there's, there's a movie called The Imitation Game. I think that, that's- Oh movie. yeah, that's an amazing movie about- It is amazing. It is heartbreaking about, you know, I won't tell anything, but, but it's got so much, somebody's judgment impacts the life of someone because they decided that. You know, yeah. just um, a lack of focus on what, money, on, on minding your own business, quite frankly, is what it comes yeah. down to. <laughs> it does, minding your own business and acting on things that occur to you. If it comes from spirit, it does not include harming others. That's an absolute. There, there's, there's no, go out there and do harm to someone. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have to be careful with this sometimes because sometimes, you know, if somebody's going to break up with someone, you know, you're not doing harm. They, they, they may feel harm, they may feel bad emotion, but, but you're not kicking them, you're not, you know, yeah. you're doing you. But doing real harm to people, physical, intentional, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual harm to somebody, that's not going to come as a guidance. It's not going to happen. In yeah. Ways, ever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that I've described when when I, you know, one of the um, psychic senses is, is clear audience where you kind of hear guidance or you receive yeah. guidance. The way I kind of see it is that it's never the like the nagging yelling voice. If I'm getting guidance, it's never like, don't do this. Do, do. It's, it's a very, it's almost like this gentle, it just is almost like a cloud that just kind of, cause it doesn't like say anything, but it just is. And somehow I sense this phrase that might be like, you know, try this or go over here or something, but it's very, it's ever so gentle because spirit will never try to force anything ever. Cause it knows that you're on your journey and you'll take the turn when you're ready, but it will always offer, but it's never that booming voice. And it's definitely never aggressive or going to encourage violence or harm. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's loving, you know, it's loving, loving. and yeah. it's got your best interests at heart and also the interests of others you know when when you leave one relationship this or something higher is taking place that's one of my terms that i like a lot it's not my term it's a term to learn this or something higher is taking place and i have to remember that sometimes um when i'm stuck in something or i'm thinking something's not going to happen or i want something to happen blah 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 um it's like no this is something higher it's not going to get worse. It's going to get better. Hala, all is well and getting better. <laughs> Hala. Yeah. What a wonderful phrase. Wow. Well, Karen, this has been such an amazing conversation. We explored so many different concepts and had such beautiful 
insights. And thank you for sharing with us about your work and about your experience and you know your your gifts. Because to receive psychic you know, insight that young and to really come into it and in your own time and divine timing is um, really beautiful and inspiring. And as you spoke to, I think that the reason why I believe in podcasts and the spoken word is because this is how we almost, we act almost as guides to others. We're again, just offering and we're not telling anyone what to do, but if someone happens to listen to this podcast and say, Oh gosh, I, that happens to me sometimes. And I just, I keep trying to ignore it, but maybe, maybe there's something to it. Yeah. That might help them on their journey. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I'm really glad you're doing this. And I'm very grateful you invited me to participate. Yeah, this was so fun. This is so fun. And so Karen, you know, you have your program, Play for Life. You're a writer and artist. If people want to find you online, if they want to connect with you, if they want to work with you, how can they find you? It's KarenJonesMeadows.com. Karen and then J-O-N-E-S, M-E-A-D-O-W-S.com. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, Karen. Well, thank you again so much. Enjoy the 106 degrees (laughs) of New Mexico. Thank you. And I'll see you when you come back to the ocean. All right. You take good care. Take care. Bye-bye. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.